Hey, welcome back to Kidmin Talk. This is Carl Bastian, your host, aka the Kidologist from Kidology.org. With all those kids, you can tell kids ministry is pretty important to me. That's why I've been at this for, you know what, I'd rather not say how long. It's been a really long time. Well, today on Kidman Talk, I want to talk to you about something that's super important. If you didn't catch it already, the title of this podcast is It's God's Ministry, Not Yours. So often in kids' ministry, we get so stressed out. We get worried. We're always understaffed. We're always under budget. If you're not, let me know. I want your job. Because kids' ministry is just challenging. But I want to challenge you with this thought. You should never be stressed about your ministry. Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? What do you mean? You just got done saying we're always under budget and and understaffed. And you know what? When we stress, hear me on this. When we stress over our ministry, we're doing something wrong. What we are doing is we are taking the ministry away from God and we're making it our own. The only reason to be stressed over ministry is when we are failing to do something. But let me ask you this. Does God ever fail? No. Does God ever make mistakes? No. Does God get stressed out? No. Because he's in absolute control. So you see, your ministry belongs to God. It's God's ministry. So any shortfall you have, any struggle you have, any challenge you're facing is there by sovereign permission of God, the creator. This is huge. And it, what, it, what it requires is for us to understand what God's really in the business of doing. See, we get into the business of building ministries, building programs, running things, running events, planning things. God works through those things. They're not bad. But God is in the business of transforming people. And he's not just in the business of transforming people through us and through our ministries and through our programs, but hear this, he's in the business of transforming you. And the reality is, if you didn't have struggles, if you didn't have shortcomings and shortfalls, you you wouldn't trust God anymore. You, you well, Frankly, you wouldn't need God. And so we have to understand that even the challenges and the struggles we face are there from God for us. And so rather than just saying, God, fix this, it needs to be an attitude of, God, what are you trying to teach me or show me through this? Now, no one would argue with the statement, it's God's ministry, not yours. But how does that translate into day-to-day life? How does that translate into actual running of ministry? You know, it's probably no secret if you follow me on Facebook I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan, maybe even a Star Wars nerd, all right? Where I'm sitting right now, I'm right next to my Star Wars museum in my basement. I love Star Wars. One of the things I love about the Jedi is that calm and that peace that they have, right? I mean, they can be facing monsters or battles, and the Jedi just stays calm, and he has like this Jedi peace. So why does he have that? Well, in the nonfiction world of Star Wars, it's because he's trusting the Force. He knows the Force is going to protect him. The Force has a plan. Well, hello, the Force is make-believe, but we believe in God. And we can have that Jedi calm knowing that God's got a plan. God's in control. God's sovereign. God's plans aren't being 
thwarted. He that began a good work in us is going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We we don't need a Jedi calm. We need a Jesus calm. All right? And where the rubber meets the road is when we trust him about the things that we're stressed out about. I could tell you many, many stories, but let me just share at least one with you. Years ago, I had an awesome uh, Sunday school superintendent. Her name was June. And we started talking about our Sunday school needs for the coming fall, really before summer even started, because that's really when you need to start thinking ahead and planning ahead. And um, the second grade teacher was going to be moving on. I don't remember now moving away or had quit or something. And so we were going to be needing a new second grade teacher. And so June came to me uh, as the pastor with about four names of people she felt could do the job um, if we asked them and if they were willing but for each one, she had a reason why she didn't really feel they were a good fit. And I agreed with each of her assessments. And so mutually, I did not approve any of those people for that position. I said, just keep praying about it and keep trusting God. that He loves those second graders more than we ever could. He will provide. Well, as the summer went on, we still were not getting that second grade position filled. And the fall was getting closer and closer. And a few weeks before the fall, June came to me with some of those names we had talked about back in May. And she now was second uh, guessing her original assessments and wondering if I would approve one of those. And I had to say very graciously and very kindly, June, I'm going to trust your assessments from May when you were objective and you, know, you weren't stressed about it because I think you were right. And we just have to trust that God is going to provide someone. Well, we got to the week before the fall and we still didn't have that second grade teacher. And June was, you know, wanting to know what we were going to do. And I said, you know, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, God has not provided. I believe he will. Um, so why don't I teach it? And she didn't want me to teach. She said she would do it. And I said, well, as long as you can do it, you know, with a good attitude. And, and of course I knew she would. She was an awesome gal. So that first week uh, of the fall, she taught the second grade class. After church, uh, the senior pastor came up to me with a, a young boy and he introduced him and he said, hey, Carl, this is so-and-so uh, and he is a Moody Bible Institute student. That was the Bible college right by our church. And he said, he just moved here. He's just become a Bible student and he had a question for you. And this young man looks at me and he says, you know, I know it's probably too late, but my passion and my love is second grade. Is there any chance I could teach second graders or even just be an assistant in the classroom. Well, God had provided. So I so enjoyed walking this young man over to June and saying, June, this fellow uh, has something to say to you. And I introduced him and he began to share the same thing with her that he had shared with me. And of course, June starts crying. And this young man's like, why is this woman crying? I'm just volunteering. And she gave him a big hug because God had provided. And I asked her later very gently, what if I had allowed you to put one of those other people in that place? And she thanked me for my firmness and uh, my trust in God. He was a fantastic teacher. And if he had been stuck in like an assistant role or we were wishing we could get rid of a volunteer, it's very hard to get rid of volunteers, right? Uh, when they're in the wrong place. And But that was because we trusted that God knew what those second graders needed. He had already worked the plan. Now, why did he wait to the last minute? Well, there's some practical reasons that young man wasn't there yet. But it's also because he wanted to see if we would trust. 
You know, I had the same thing happen one other time. I'll tell you one more quick story. We ran a midweek club called Awana. Many of you run Awana. Maybe you do Royal Rangers or Pioneers or something similar. And we needed a new leader. And Awana, they call the top leader a commander. And our commander was retiring. He had served long after his kids had outgrown the club. So at the final awards night, we honored him and we let everyone know Chuck was resigning and we were going to need a new commander in the fall. Well, we did everything you do to recruit and we were not finding a commander. In fact, ironically, this was the first year we got every listener, every leader, every director, every game leader, secretary. I mean, we were fully staffed, but we didn't have the commander. And uh, as we got to the end, there was a little pressure from my team to maybe I should be the commander. And I had to say, that's not my giftedness. I am a visionary. I'm a creative. I'm a leader. If you put me in a highly detailed role, uh, the program will crash and burn. Had to get my pastor to actually back me on that as the pressure kind of mounted. I finally had to say, if God wants us to have Awana, he will provide a commander. When we got to a month before, which was the deadline I said, if we don't have a commander by August 1st, we can't start the club in September. Well, August 1st came and they wanted to start, you know, running Awana as a committee. You can't do that. You have to have someone in charge. And so my compromise was, well, we'll postpone the beginning of the club. If God can provide a leader in the next two weeks, we'll just start the club two weeks later. And the reason was you can't have a leader start the week a club starts. They need some time to get organized to get ready um, to begin to get things in place and if you know what it's like to run a midweek club boy that was not a popular decision of mine that we were going to start the club late because there's so much material to get through and you have to finish by a certain date because then summer activities start um, but I just had to keep saying this is God's ministry this is not ours I, I will not be stressed over this I will trust that if God wants us to have this club he will provide the leader well, the information went out to all the leaders and directors that we were postponing the launch of the club until, you know, we had a commander. And I get a call the next day. And it's a fellow who's in our church, very active, very involved. He's one of the leaders in Awana. And he said, Carl, I'm your new commander. <laughs> he didn't even ask. He just told me. And I said, really? Well, tell me more. And he said, well, Carl, at the outgoing ceremony, when you were honoring Chuck, God told me I was to be your next commander. Now, you could think, well, why did this guy tell me? Why didn't he volunteer? Well, he went on to explain to me that with his line of work, he was an orthopedic surgeon, for him to do this volunteer role the way it deserves, at the level it deserves, he said, I'll need to take a day off of surgeries each week. He said, that'll be a 20% pay cut. I'm happy to do that. But I needed to know that I was the man and it wasn't anyone else. And um, when I made that hard decision to postpone the club, um, that was a sign from God that, yes, indeed, he was to be the commander. Well, we didn't have to postpone the club. This guy was so sharp. I said, you know, you can start in, uh, it, you know, as we're scheduled. And I got to tell you, having an orthopedic surgeon run your kids club was phenomenal. You talk about attention to detail. I mean, our Awana club was run with surgical precision for the years that he led it. And he was a fantastic leader. But, but what if, what if I had let a committee run it? What if I had stepped in as the superhero to save the day? I would have missed out on one of the best leaders I ever had. 
So let me say it again. It's God's ministry, not yours. He cares about it more than you do. He loves those kids more than you ever could, and he will provide. And when he doesn't, this is where it gets tough. He may be saying, I don't want you to do that this year. If you don't have a leader for your VBS, could God be saying, you know what? Don't do VBS for a year. Do some other kind of creative outreach. You have to believe in the depth of your being that it is God's ministry and not yours. You will see God do miraculous things. You will have a lot less stress because you're not taking God's job upon yourself. Doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility to promote and ask and pray and publicize openings, etc. But at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge it's God's ministry. And what God wants to do, he will provide. He's not stressed out. He's not up there going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do next? He's got it all planned out. But he's trying to build into us and build us as much as, if not more than, he's trying to build our ministries. So don't forget, it's God's ministry, not yours. Put your chin up. Stop being stressed out. Take your day off. Get Go home when the workday's done. Don't work too hard. Let God show you what he wants to do in and through you and in and through your ministry as you trust him. Thanks for listening. Again, you can shape the show by letting me know what you'd like me to address. I'm so thankful for all the feedback I get. You can reach me at carl at kidmantalk.com, on Twitter at kidmantalk or at kidologist. Love to hear from you, and I hope our paths will cross sometime soon at a conference or otherwise. Until then, keep letting the ministry be God's. Don't make it yours.